0: baby. Spud here. I've met a lot of people and i played some too. And there's one thing I know. People like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you baby? How y'all making this seem? glad you joined me here tonight while well, I'm talking out my ass to Ashley Leppert, who is uh, retired from the Coast Guard. She's also an author. Uh, She's got a book out there called The Hurricane Within. And we're gonna talk about her uh, work in uh, Hurricane Harvey and uh, her years in the Coast Guard. And we're also gonna talk about sexual harassment and sexual assault in the military and whether or not she'll be taken uh, out of the hands of the chain of command. Uh, So that's Ashley Leppert here on the Spudcast right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish Coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish coffee. But here, do your breakers keep breaking? Do you see a spark when you plug in your hairdryer? If you do, I want you to remember one thing. 947-3392. That's Eugene Lawrence's number at E1 Electric. Let's face it, you don't know nothing about electricity, but Eugene does. A licensed and insured electrical contractor over 25 years' experience, him and his crew can do anything for you, from hanging a ceiling fan to rewiring an apartment complex. So before you hear this... You better hear this. Thanks for calling E1 Electric. How can we help you? E1 Electric, 504-947-3392. Well, it finally looks like we're gonna be spared the COVID lockdown this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides a big cootie sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime Bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to RapidUrgentCare.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you. Okay, Ashley Leppert. Uh What's your middle name? Nicole? Is that what I'm seeing here? in your? Yes, sir. Oh, God, don't say sir to me. I know you was in the military, <laughs> but don't say sir to me because I don't want to have to live up to that shit. So, okay,
1: uh, well, no promises, but I'll give it a good college right,
0: effort. Okay, all right. Well, you know, just think of me as a sergeant. You don't have to say sir to them. Right. That's true. That's very true, you know. I mean, what was that Warren note said in, in stripes? You don't say, sir, to me. I'm a sergeant. I work for a living. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so um, Ashley, for those of you who don't know, because you don't know, because uh, I just met her myself. She's a friend of a very close friend of mine who is also in the military, but she's still in the military, and Ashley ain't no more, so there's some things that she can talk about that my friend can't. So that's why she hooked me up with you, but but that'll be in the second segment. Right now, let's just talk about you. You were in the Coast Guard. Um, you love the water. I'm reading some of your bio that you did, uh, and that that goes with your uh, your book, The Hurricane Within, which we're going to get to in a second. But I mean, you know, I, you you could have worked on a shrimp boat and been close to the water. You could have been a Julie Maya Cruz director on a love boat or something like that. Been close to the water. Why'd you go in the Coast Guard?
1: All right, well, so as you know, the Coast Guard's sort of the forgotten branch, like the red-headed stepchild of the military. Most of y'all ain't got um, red hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so when I was in high school, um, I was on the swim team, really enjoyed the water. Um, I had a friend of mine who joined the Coast Guard about a year and a half before me and he was like, I'm flying around in the helicopter and I'm saving lives and I'm stationed in Florida, I get to go to the beach and I was like, Man, that sounds rad. Like, I wanna do that and uh so right when I graduated high school, uh four months later I was in boot camp and the rest is history. I signed up in it originally to do um four-year contract for school and then I liked it so much I decided to stay and uh, fly around in a chopper for 14 years.
0: Yeah so you're uh and believe me uh after Katrina we all know about choppers flying over the city as a matter of fact every time they got this big orange uh Coast Guard chopper that flies overhead so every time I see that or the or the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office their chopper and go you know if I'm stuck somebody can come get me so, and, that's right, I that's like right. It makes you feel very good. And you, you now you, because you were way younger than me, you weren't in uh, Katrina. You did uh, Harvey. You, you,
1: that's correct, Yeah. So actually one of my really good friends who was a rescue swimmer in the Coast Guard, uh, her name is Sarah Faulkner. She did uh, rescues during Hurricane Katrina. I was a few years after her and when I was stationed in New Orleans, and I was the first, uh, one of the first crews out during Hurricane Harvey in 2017.
0: Do you, I mean... OK, uh, when the storm is coming and it's it's not going to hit us, but it's going to be close. Then we see all the energy trucks lined up in, in various spots. I, I know a lot of the spots where they line up to go deal with a storm and they, they do other places when they're expecting the storm to hit us. You were stationed in New Orleans. The storm was going that way. Did you guys move any closer or you just hung back here until the storm came and went?
1: Well, so I'll be honest with you, Spud, like in the moment, we all, as you know, being in the Gulf, there's so many tropical depressions and storms and hurricanes, and that one did a little weeble wobble, and we couldn't really quite tell where it was going to go, and then also on top of it, typically when a hurricane hits the coast, you know, it dissipates because that land kind of takes Mm -hmm. away its energy, but Hurricane Harvey was different, and it just sat there, so to be quite honest with you, we were all not very prepared for this one, especially houston and um so when i was on backup call that weekend and i got the call um i was very acutely aware of what i was going to encounter so um you're right typically when we know something's coming full force and we can kind of gauge the direction we get very much prepared um but for this one it was something that we didn't expect to really make that much of an impact and um we were all in for something we didn't really expect
0: yeah it was like but we all hear the story about the is hurry up and wait so oh yeah. Away. So I mean, y'all were hurry up and waiting, and all of a sudden the storm just sat there and and just kept dumping stuff. And I know, I you know, again, no military experience. Uh, I've never been up in a helicopter. I've been up in a La Bamba plane, uh, but that's about it. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but I know, I know. Like I said, I know about the energy trucks that line up. And uh, for instance, when the when the wind is gusting at 35 miles an hour, that's it. They're done. They don't go up in a bucket, uh, and until the winds come. You know, below that, what what what's the wind what's the wind gauge for you in one of them helicopters? Since you're a mechanic and you're you're your one riding in the helicopter and lowering the basket and everything else, when do you guys say, "No, nah, I don't think we're going out there"?
1: Well. That really does take a lot for us to say no we're not not going out there especially during something like Hurricane Harvey when we know that there's so many people that need rescuing um, We have a pre-flight brief where we certainly talk about the risks and we all we have this risk versus gain and we have certain visibility minimums and and definitely things that we follow but uh, truthfully a lot of that in a safe manner of course went out the window for Hurricane Harvey because the hurricane never dissipated so we needed we're getting calls left and right to go out and and to save people and, you know, the, the wind might be five miles over per hour for us on our limitations, or the visibility might be a little bit lower. But you know what? We still went ahead. We took the necessary precaution, and knowing that we could save a life, mm-hmm. that risk is very much worth the gain. So we um, decided that as a crew and, and safely handled the missions.
0: All right. So, because I, I know, I, I don't know if this is an official, you know, Coast Guard motto that you put on your T shirts or anything like that, but. You know, I've read enough Tom Clancy and things like that. you go, no, uh, they say you got to go out, but they don't say you got to come back kind of yeah I, I saw that movie with Chris Pine where uh, yeah, he his newlywed girl and he went out and he saved all the people on that ship without a compass or anything else. I mean, I'm sure that was a that's a Coast Guard legend y'all talk about quite a bit, but I mean again, you got to go out, you ain't got to come back.
1: Right. And you know what? That was a very big slogan for a while that sort of went out the wayside pretty quickly, though, because the the military does want you to actually come back. So that slogan kind of misrepresented our intentions. But trust me, each and every one of us, I mean, you go out and ask and I don't want to speak on behalf of my fellow Coast Guard members, but you go out and, and ask most of them and they will say, we don't care you know what kind of visibility it is if we can safely navigate and get to save a life because of it shoot we're doing it and if we end up you know mm-hmm. not coming back then we don't mm-hmm. come well, back but
0: somebody we, will come get you you know put your that's E-Purb, right <laughs> you know get in that little raft with the epurb for those of you who don't know it because i spent one summer on a crew boat and i went yeah that's enough of me but uh <laughs> I, I mean look i had my i had my my little raft picked out i made sure the epurb uh little thing because what an E-perb is folks is if if uh if a thing goes in the water if a life raft or something goes in the water and the E-perb gets wet then it automatically starts blipping you know so i wanted i wanted to be found i wanted to be and i got the biggest boat that we had coming off of that thing because i'd been out to too many rigs and seen too many hammerhead sharks and i went that's right i want the big boat with the big bright blipping light that's me baby
1: Man, I wish more people thought like that, Spud. You're smart, man. I don't I don't mind you. No, I ain't like
0: smart. You. I'm a chicken <laughs> shit, man. <I'm> <laughs> Look, you go out 200 miles in the Gulf on a 95-foot crew boat, aluminum hull, three big Detroit diesels, this thing would hop on the waves. But you get out to one of these rigs way the hell out there, and it's like pitch black, and you're coming up on it, and you can't see what's going on, and all of a sudden you turn down your your, your radar like really close and go 15 feet off your off your starboard bow is afloat you know that you didn't see even with the yeah. even the beam you know so i mean if i'd have run aground on that thing i would be sitting in that boat hoping my epurb worked
1: so that's right after that's that
0: right. i went where like we went on one cruise and i told my kids where's your life jackets at where when the minute they blow that whistle we're going straight to where it is we had our own <laughs> little things so, i don't play with the water man there's things in the water that'll eat you that's right. Mother listen. Nature don't
1: play. Neither Mother no. Nature don't play, and she's not very forgiving. And so you have to have a very, very healthy respect for the ocean. And uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit. Whenever I go boating or do anything, I'm that I'm that person. Where's the E-perbs? Okay. Where's the you know life jackets at? Okay. Show me your radios. How do I hail on the emergency for everything? Because I'm not going to be that person that's out having a good time and boom, I'm in an emergency and not know what to do. And well, ain't me on my watch. Are,
0: are you are you the designated driver then? So you're not riding out there on a bikini, guzzling Miller High Life to champagne a bottle of beer?
1: Oh, well, I won't say I don't do that. Come on now. What kind of fun would
0: that be? Yeah, (laughs) Just show me how the radio works, and then once I get so snockered, I can't turn it on, and we'll worry about the the waves then. Um, (laughs) So when we come back, though, okay, so you had, yeah, and let's wait real quick. Let's talk about your book, uh, The Hurricane Within. I mean you know it's it's you a lot of people can read it tell me about it. why did you write it what's it about, and how can people get copies of it?
1: Sure thing. So um, my book is called The Hurricane Within, and um, it's on Amazon. And also, if you are into audiobooks, there's also um, an available copy on Audible. And so basically, the synopsis of my book is sort of, um, of course, I talk a lot about my Hurricane Harvey rescues, but the very beginning half of the book, practically, is a lot of character development about me. I wanted the the Readers to relate to me. So, I talk about a lot of personal things that I overcame uh, addiction with my family, the passing of my father, uh, sexual assault that happened to me, um, various things. And then um, I dive into my hurricane rescues. And the whole goal and purpose of writing my book is I talk about how my faith has gotten me through it all. And I talk about how being a Christian and, and trusting Jesus to get me through things has not only worked wonders for me, but I see the blessings on the, the other side of those storms. So, it became a very big passion. Project for me to uh, share that pot of gold with everybody that I can.
0: Well, there you go, and people can find it on Amazon, on Audible. Uh, it probably, if you just Google it up too, it'll bring you right to you. You know, so people can yes, order. Yes, sir. It. Is there? I mean, is it a, like bookstores or something like that? Is it pretty much all online?
1: Um, so it's just on Amazon and Audible at the moment. I'm currently revamping my website, and there'll be an option on my website for people to purchase an autographed copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm slowly starting to expand. Um, I'm also working on a second edition right now to kind of um, expand a little bit more on what I left in the first book.
0: I got you. All right, well, we're going to step away for a second, but when we come back, I mean, you mentioned sexual assault. There's a new bill or, or something being discussed uh, about sexual assault in the military and uh, taking it out of chain of command. I know a lot about the military, but I've never been in it, and I've never been, uh, never did no sexual assault stuff, neither. So we'll talk about that when we get back, whether or not it's a good idea and how that handles. Because let's not kid ourselves, I'm in the film industry, and believe me, there's a lot of sexual assault in the film industry. So let's talk about that more uh, with Middle Miss Ashley when we get back here on the Spudcast podcast, talking out my ask back right after this. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? I got an idea. Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids, and don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. Getting older and feeling your age? Low energy, no motivation, putting on the pounds? Maybe age isn't the culprit. Maybe the sad truth is you have low testosterone. Well, don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic at the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic. Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you. With proper testing, diagnosis, and testosterone replacement therapy, you'll be on your way to becoming your old self again, or better yet, your new self again. Go to mopeclinic.com, M-O-P-E-clinic.com, or call 504-322-3888 to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier you. And we're back. Talking to my new friend, Ashley, who's in the Coast Guard, um, Leopard. What rank did you achieve, by the way, in 14 years in the Coast Guard?
1: Well, sadly, I only made it to a petty officer second class. I was uh, quite a a long non-rate, so four years of non-rate and then uh, 10 years of the aviation community. So petty officer second class.
0: You could you could have made that a big deal. I wouldn't have known the difference. I made petty second. How you like that? Well, I was I wouldn't be petty and say anything about it. So there you go. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I I a friend of mine. I was on the radio with Mike Weldon, uh, who was in the Navy and talked about his name. But I never I never asked him his rate. Never. I never asked him uh, his rank. You know. I think he did like twelve, maybe sixteen years. I'm not really sure. I didn't ask oh. him. I just said it was in the Navy, so I made, you know, jokes about not dropping the soap and things like that. <laughs> so And, and singing, uh, yeah, we sang village people songs all the time. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it's time to talk about this touchy stuff. Uh, so I don't want to get into the details of uh, you brought up your sexual harassment. People can read your book about that. But knowing what you've gone through and knowing the stories that I have read about things, like I read this, this story about this one uh, soldier. She was uh, on guard duty by a front gate, and it was her turn to take a break. So she, you know, she left her weapon at the, in, the, in the post, stepped away to have a smoke, and while she was out, she was raped. And when she came back and complained about it, they said, well, where was your weapon? Well, I mean, I didn't expect one of my guys to do it, and they brushed under the covers. And I mean, you're hearing about these things getting swept under the rug all the time. So now I'm reading this article, and they're talking about taking that kind of charge because everything else that happens in the military you're in the military you belong to them that means you know ncis and jethro and the man from uncle are going to come and check you out but uh what do you think about taking uh something like sexual harassment charges sexual assault charges taking that out of chain of command is that better for the victim is it worse for the military how is that going to work you think
1: You know, honestly, from my perspective, now that I'm standing in a pair of shoes that's outside of the military realm, um, I honestly, when you first mentioned something, I thought, you know, I don't know that if that's a good idea. I really don't. But I think about things that I've been through, and I think about some very good friends of mine who uh, had sexual harassment, and things happened to them in their military experiences, and they did come forward. And um, I hate to say it, but there's such a negative annotation, even though these, these things were found out to be true, and I'm using one of my friends as an example, but she basically came forward, told about what was happening, had people, had witnesses, because it was happening multiple times in her work environment, and you know what I heard from the grapevine? All these people that were mutual friends said, oh, well, you know, I heard that she likes to sleep around, or oh, you know, and, and it just, it absolutely bothered me, because there's a stigma so embedded into our you know our, our it's military like yeah we
0: world. always believe the worst of people so you can be you can be the w- most wonderful person in the world and have done you could be Mother Teresa. And somebody says, well, I heard she likes to sleep around. And it's like, uh-oh, that's the first thing you're going to do is think of the bad stuff. And then you're sitting up there ending uh, ending up defending yourself against a lie. And how are you going to exactly.
1: do that? Exactly. And so in conjunction with, like, the military aspect of it, you know, as much, and I know for the most part there are good intentions behind wanting to keep, you know, the, the victim um, safe and wanting to find out the details and help them out. I hate to say it, though, but that military structure, it always – breaks down somewhere in that chain of command and and so you know when you first thought that I go oh I don't know if I don't know if that's going to be a good idea if they take that out but like moving forward I think the less military hands that are involved I think would be better in the long run because we can leave the details and all those things to the professionals, the law enforcement, whoever's gonna handle that, and sort of keep the military out of it. The less they know, it's not their business until the final facts come become released. And then unfortunately you can't control what everybody's gonna have their opinion on mm-hmm. after the fact. But I think while the process is going, it's it's very important to to keep those things quiet and you know what people talk i hate to say it but people talk and you can only keep that stuff so quiet
0: and this is juicy this is all juicy stuff you know right but you're talking about taking it out of the chain of command what else could be taken out if this if this goes through and they take sexual assault because i've heard stories from other people and uh from from people that you and i both know about sexual uh harassment on the other way around uh, where, yes. where a female soldier is, is harassing a male and going to and going, look, either we do it or I'm going to say it, tell everybody that we're doing it. And, and fortunately, I mean, he, he had people who were willing to stand up in front of this woman and go cut it out, you know, just cut yes. it out and they transferred her. And so, but who knows if she's doing that to somebody else. And, uh, exactly. Again, now I'm defending myself against a lie that I didn't even get none. I didn't get none. And I'm getting accused of getting some,
1: Right, right. And I've even heard it from a, men's, a male's perspective where they were sexually assaulted and they never even came forward. Because, I mean, think about that, how humiliating it is, not only for a woman, but for a male to sit there and say, yeah, these dudes or this guy or whatever held me down and did whatever. I mean, that's, that is so stripping of your pride and all these emotions that you have built in the military through your career and, you know, your, your character. And that can quickly change so much, sadly. Yeah.
0: But then again, I mean, do you write it in your journal and go, OK, this is why I'm going to kill these four guys
1: right. so when, you, when
0: they end up dead and you come rest, me? I'm going to go. Why don't you go read my journal over there? You know, and there you go. It,
1: yes. And sadly, sometimes the military chain of command does not do the best job of protecting those people. Sometimes so it's the like- military
0: chain of command is is the people who actually committed the assault.
1: Exactly. And I, what I've encountered in my personal experience and the experience of a handful of people that I know in the military who have had issues, these people are in positions of leadership. They're in positions of power. They're the ones going around, getting into every committee and being like the golden child in these places. And those are the people. And I'm not saying in most cases, but what from I've I personally experienced and other people, those are the ones that are the true predators.
0: What happens to somebody? I mean, okay, well, I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. How often does something happen to somebody? You know, if let's just say how many times you've experienced or heard a legitimate complaint about this and something actually happened to. It. What what is what's the percentage? 2%, oh, 15%, what is it?
1: You know what, if I'm taking a guess, I would say probably maybe 5 to 10% that something that these people actually, and I don't like to use the word courage to come forth. I don't think that's the the right word. But the the reasoning for their their personal experiences and their life to come forward and actually report it, um, I think it's it's very little, and I think it's mainly driven behind people are worried people are scared what are people gonna think or i've built this great reputation i can't go around saying you know this this captain raped me then what's gonna happen to my career and i've seen that happen where people do come forward and then boom they're they're sent to a psychiatric ward or, or their career is hindered because they have the courage to stand forth against their accuser
0: mm-hmm. so this is not like so. whistleblower coverage or anything like that right that kind of stuff okay right how often uh Okay, well, then let me ask the question that uh, I'm sure I'm going to get mail about. Uh, do women belong in the military? Although I've read reports of males molesting males. Okay. Yes. And females were molesting females, mostly all the way around. Uh, but do women belong in the military in that? Or do they belong far away from home for a long time type of
1: deal? I personally believe yes they belong in the military and yes they belong on deployments if a human being signs up on that dotted line to serve then i think that they have they should have the ability and the right to do just the same as a male. However, with that being said, I'm not saying they necessarily have to go into g- combat positions or whatever. I mean, I just think that, that if, you know, let's say another draft comes or whatever, hey, if you're in the military, it doesn't matter. Male, female, whatever, you are you signed up to serve, That's you're on the docket.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Well, there is talk about doing that. There's always talk about it, of bringing the draft back, which is probably never going to happen. But now there are, and there are women's groups. There are feminists who are talking about it's not fair. I think one, and one of the branches of the ACLU was going, it's not fair that men have to sign up. Because i got a son, two daughters. My son had to sign up. My daughters didn't. I didn't have to sign up because uh, the, the draft went away before I turned 18. And then by the time they reinstated it, the birthday to start it was January 1, 1960, and I was born at the end of 58. So I missed it. So I, my oh. two older brothers both signed up for it, but I, I didn't. I didn't have to. But my two girls, you know, they didn't have to. But if my son didn't, well, then he might not be able to get a home loan. He might not be able to get a scholarship to go to school. You know, it's not like they weren't going to come and carry him away. But, you know, he it's just going to make his life that much harder. So should women be in the draft?
1: You know, there were so many women back in World War II and, and you know, far, far before that as well that were wanting to help. That mm-hmm. were back my here, mother was in a you watch. know.
0: that's right yeah my mother was in world war ii she drove a truck in england
1: there you go and that's that's the prime example of what i'm trying to say is i'm not saying you got to load every female up with a freaking machine gun and go over there and you know blow people up that's not what i'm saying i'm saying there's so many other positions whether it's supply or like you said the truck driving there's so many things like does it matter what the person's anatomy is if they you know can drive a truck let's get them over there and help yeah. out well I mean, it was like my- you know it
0: was back in the day when, like my dad was a fighter pilot he he flew airplanes he actually trained people to fly airplanes and he actually uh he, he said there were a lot of women pilots but they didn't They basically used them to either ferry aircraft or to tow targets. And uh, he said a lot of his students, you know, flying up there used to mess with them, and he'd let them get away with it a couple of times, and he'd have to go shut them down, you know? man, (laughs) Who who am I going to get to tow a target for you, you moron? Leave them alone. Right. (laughs) But the bottom line is, you know, back then, a a woman couldn't fly a B-17 because there was too much, you know, you needed needed physical strength to, to deal with those pulleys and cables. Ain't like that no more. It's all hydraulics and things like that. So you got a, a woman out there who's a badass and Apache, going out there with your bad self. You better than yeah, I would be. But, that's uh, right. You know, and there's a, so many. Sorry,
1: yeah. There's so many people willing and able to serve this country. Why not let them? If they're female, awesome. Male, great. Go out and get the job done. There's enough. There, you you know this too. There's so many jobs and there's enough positions that everybody will you know find something to do that is a comfortable thing and. You know,
0: win wars, baby. Yeah, you're right, baby. Y'all go stand in front <laughs> there because I'm old. I ain't got to do that no more. I ain't got to run to the sound of the gun. That's your gig now. Ashley, thanks right. for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Tell people one more time how they can get your book.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm being on. Thanks, bud. Um, So again, my name is Ashley Lepper. My book is called The Hurricane Within. It's on Amazon.com, also Audible and iTunes. And you can also visit my website, TheHurricaneWithin.com and follow me on Instagram, TheHurricaneWithin.
0: That is. Thanks, Ash. Take care, baby. Thank you. You too. All right. We're wrapping up the Spudcast right after this. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You Better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222 and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the home team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing. And it needs to keep on growing, because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Okay, Ashley Leppard. Yeah, you're right. Retired from Coast Guard, author, and uh, her point of view on uh, what should happen in the chain of command if people can't keep their hands to themselves or other parts. Uh, tomorrow on this podcast, we're going to talk with the Blood Center because they shorthanded. So Dr. Tim will join me. In the meantime, uh... Thanks for joining me here tonight. You can find this podcast on uh, Red Circle and Spotify and Google Podcasts and on Amazon Music and Public Radio and Stitcher and on Twitter at Spud Got that. And on my Facebook page is Spuds Friends and Fans, John McConnell and The Big Tease. If you want to sponsor this podcast, if you have ideas for guests or you want to be a guest or topics, or uh, if you just want to give me a bunch of money, You can contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com, thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. See you guys tomorrow with Dr. Tim from the Blood Center. Till then, watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.